This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. I would just like to welcome every listener that's just tuned into Radio K Pulpit. This is Alana Willy for you. And you will be with me for my next hour on Body Matters. I really hope you all had a wonderful week. And yes, in less than two weeks from now, we're going to be celebrating Passover. And your Passover is just a wonderful remembrance of the story of the Israelites that came out of Egypt and also the blood of the lamb that was put on the doors so that the angel of death would pass over every house that had the blood so that the Israelites would be spared. And so, yeah, it's time for for Passover. And I just realized just how powerful the blood of Jesus is that he shed for us. And that is why my message today, um, we're going to be chatting about um, why God sent his son Jesus to the earth, the power of the cross and the gift of salvation. So let me just jump straight into the question, why did God send his son Jesus? So I want to just read from John 3.16 that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, God sent his son Jesus to the earth in a form of a man. And what was Jesus' assignment? And the only way to really describe it in summary is to read from Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 3, which says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to set the captives free and release from darkness those who are prisoned to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion and bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified." So here in summary, if we we look at this beautiful scripture of Isaiah 61, we can see the purpose that God was sent for. Um, And he came to preach the gospel of the good news. That was one of his purposes. He came to the earth to present his father in heaven. You see, God was the, or Jesus was the representative of his father. He came to demonstrate what the kingdom of heaven was like and to reestablish the kingdom of heaven on earth. If we look at Luke 4.34, it says, Jesus says, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. So he came to pay the price for our sins so that we may have everlasting life and be reconciled to God, therefore redeeming us from the punishment of judgment and the power of death. He died so that we could manifest the presence of God. And that's just in summary, if we we look at the purpose of Jesus, Jesus was sent to the earth to redeem mankind from eternal death and hell. He also came to take away our sins, to restore and heal us from every demonic stronghold and onslaught 
lie and sickness that the enemy inflicted upon us so that we could be reinstated to our original design. And when I say original design, it was before the fall of man. Before the fall of man, there was no sickness. You know, there was no depression. So God's heart is to restore us in the way that he created us to be so that we may have eternal life. He came to proclaim the gospel of the good news of the kingdom of heaven and to establish heaven on earth through mankind and to overcome the kingdom of darkness. It's only through Jesus that we have eternal life. So on that, I just want to take a short break and then we can come and chat a little bit about the power of the cross and the blood of Jesus. This is Body Matters and you're with Alana Willie Freer and I've just been sharing why God sent his only son Jesus to the earth. And I just want to continue sharing with you the power of the cross and the gift of salvation. So let's look at the power of the cross. You know, at the age of 33, Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. And before Jesus was baptized, John was proclaiming the coming of the Holy Spirit. So in Matthew 3.2, it says, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. You see, John was proclaiming that the kingdom of God was soon to be released. Now, when you think of the kingdom of God, you see, the kingdom of God is basically found in the Spirit of God. So after Jesus was baptized in water, the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him, as proclaimed in Isaiah 61. After being baptized in water and the Holy Spirit, Jesus' ministry began. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus did many signs and wonders, healing people, preaching the kingdom of God, and demonstrating what his father was like. And I believe that Satan was afraid of the authority that Jesus had, and therefore orchestrated the crucifixion of Jesus, which was all part of God's original plan for our redemption. So at the Last Supper, when Jesus sat with his disciples, as I read in Matthew 26, 26 to 29, it says, While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given it to them, saying, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. You see, Jesus knew that he had to die so that he would be the ultimate lamb for the forgiveness of our sins. So in John 1, 20, 29, it says, The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and he said, Look, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. You see, John recognized that Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. He was the ultimate Lamb. You see, before Jesus died on the cross, those who were awaiting the Lord, they were waiting on the coming of Jesus. And what they would, what they would do was to sacrifice a Lamb once a year at the temple for the forgiveness of their sins. And this was according to the law.
But now Jesus became the ultimate lamb. He would sacrifice himself once and for all so that no more sacrifices were needed. If we read in Hebrews 10, 8, 8 to 10, it says, Sacrifice and offerings, burnt offerings of sin, you do not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then Jesus says, Here I am to come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. I just want to quote a scripture by Billy Graham, which is so powerful. And it says, But Jesus Christ came for one reason, to become the final and complete sacrifice for our sins. When he died on the cross, all our sins were transferred to him, and he died in our place. No further sacrifices is needed, because Christ gave his life for us. You see, he paid the price for our sins and overcame death. This means that if we accept Jesus into our lives, we will know we will not die or go to hell, which would have been the punishment of our sins. You see, he died for everyone. Jesus was God's gift to humanity, made available to those who chose him. And this gift is still available to anyone that is alive today. If we read Romans 5, 8 to 9, it says, But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we now have been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Because of the blood of Jesus, we are justified. You see, Romans 5, verse 9 says, much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. You see, because of the blood, we are forgiven. And Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, he overcame death. You see, three days after his crucifixion, he rose from the dead. And Jesus is still alive today, seated at the right hand of God. You see, the Spirit of God is alive. And when we choose Jesus Christ in our lives, his Spirit in our lives are forever and ever through our bodies. Though our bodies may die, our spirit will not die because we have the spirit of Christ inside of us. Let's read John 10.10, which says, The thief only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I came so that you may have life and have it in abundance. You see, this life is not only for eternity, but to experience life abundantly on this earth. It is only because of what Jesus did on the cross that the Holy Spirit is now available to us. You see, John fourteen sixteen says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage, this is Jesus, that I should go away. 
For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So many people believe in many different gods. You know, there's people that believe in Buddhists. There's people that believe in, in, um, yeah, in, in many different things, Hindu or Muslim, whatever it may be. But I truly believe that there's only one God that I know of that has laid down his life for his creation because he loved them so much. You know, God loves us so much. You know, there's no other God that laid down their life for anyone else. If you go through history or study the religions, there's no one that was prepared to send their only son um, to die for his people, for his creation. And I don't know of any other God who died and rose from the dead after being crucified by many witnesses. You know, Jesus rose from the dead. There was witnesses. People witnessed this event and um, people witnessed his crucifixion. No other God has stood up from the dead. And therefore, you know, it makes God so tangible and so real. And I don't know of any other God who raised people from the dead, who heals the sick and performs miracles. But only our, G only our Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So it is through the blood of Jesus that we are made right and reconciled with Father God. You see, John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, and that is Jesus. So will you choose Jesus today? And on that note, let's take a break and we'll come back and talk about the gift of salvation. Hi, you've just tuned into Radio K Pulpit, and this is Alana Willie for you. And I've just been talking about the power of the cross. And I want to just continue by touching on the gift of salvation. So the gift of salvation, what does the word salvation mean? And the word salvation means in the dictionary, the Oxford Dictionary, it says salvation is perseverance. Perseveration, sorry, if I could get that word right, or deliverance from harm, ruin, or loss. So maybe you've already committed your life to Jesus, but you've drifted far from him. Or maybe you have tried to work things out in your own strength, but nothing has worked out for you. So today I just want to encourage you just to commit your life again to Jesus. Just give him a chance. Um, and you don't have anything to lose, you know. See, you and I were created for a purpose greater than ourselves. Everything about us has been predestined before the beginning of this world. You are unique. We are all created unique by the Lord, purposely put together, as you would read in Psalm 139. And there's no one that looks like you or me or have the same personality, gifts, talents that you and I have. Everyone is so unique. You know, God has a special assignment on this earth that only you can fulfill. And, you know, it's only in Christ and through him that we can accomplish, you know, that purpose that God has given us. 
And if we read Ephesians 1.11, it says, It is in Christ that we find out who we are living for, long before we first heard of Christ. He had his eye on us. He had designed us on us for glorious living, part of all the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. You see, we were created to be his children. We were not created to be orphan spirits. When we don't belong to Christ, we have no covering or protection against the evil in this world. You know, we are open to the plans and the schemes of the enemy. And in Ephesians 22, it says, You followed the ways of the world and obeyed the devil. He rules this world and his spirit has power over everyone who doesn't obey God. You see, you might say that you are a good person and you strive to do good, but the truth is that good people don't go to heaven or belong to Jesus. It's only those who choose to become his children. You see, when we commit our lives to Jesus, he gives us a precious gift, and that gift is called the Holy Spirit, and that is his spirit in us. It is only those who have the Spirit of God in them that belong to Him. We don't just live in a physical world, but a spiritual world. And in the spirit world, there's a clear distinction between those who belong to Jesus and those who don't. You see, when God sent His Son, Jesus, to the earth, it was to redeem us from sin and the power of Satan. You see, the punishment was from, for sin was death and eternity in hell. So let's look at just Matthew twenty-five forty-one. It says, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And in Matthew thirteen forty-two, it says, They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there'll be weeping and garnishing of teeth. You see, these passages describe what hell and eternity looks like for those who do not choose Jesus Christ. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, he took all our sins from us and he put it upon himself so that we would not have to endure the punishment of eternal condemnation in hell. So he paid for this price for everyone. But there's one requirement to receive this gift. And I say it's a gift because, because the gift, as I said earlier on, is for everyone, the gift of the Holy Spirit and the gift of being excused from this punishment. And that is to make Jesus Lord of your life. You see, Jesus will never force anyone to commit their lives to him. But if you truly understood the sacrifice that he made because of his love for us, who would not want to serve this living God? So in John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world as to give his only begotten Son, so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Would you sacrifice your child or son's life for the sake of saving someone wicked? So think about it, because that is what he has done for us. Jesus made a way for us while we were still sinners, so we still have a choice. You see, God's arms are open wide for each one of us. You know, whether while we still have breath, and I know I say this so many times, while you have breath in you, you can make a choice. No matter how far you've fallen off the track, no matter how far you think you, you are from God, 
there is always time, it's never too late to recommit. You see, the gift of salvation is for everyone who chooses to accept Jesus, as I said, as Lord and Savior in their lives. You know, unfortunately, some people will never choose to accept this gift and therefore are liable to pay the price of their own sins. You see, because God said, I will either take it for you and you put put your trust in me or you have to pay your, the price for your own sin. You see, we have a father in heaven and when we give our lives to him, we are adopted in his family. You know, Ephesians 1 verse 5 says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his family by bringing us into himself through Jesus Christ. And this is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. We, as children of the living God, give God pleasure. So becoming a Christian requires, firstly, that we believe who God says he is and that we acknowledge what he has done on the cross for our sins. Secondly, we need to confess our sins to the Lord, acknowledge that we are all sinners. You know, we all fall short of the glory of God. None of us are perfect. God never said to anyone, go and clean yourself up or um, go make right first. You know, when God called the, the disciples, he just said, come and I will make you fisher of men. You see, God is, there, there's, you know, sometimes we believe a lie. You know, God will never accept us. Uh, we've, too, we've sinned too much. All those things. But, but that is not what God is saying. He's just saying, all I want you to do is believe who I am. Acknowledge me. Acknowledge what I've done. Confess your sins. And thirdly, we need to repent. Repentance means that we denounce our submission to the kingdom of darkness. We cut ties. We don't want to. We, we turn from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light so that we can receive the Lord's forgiveness in our lives. And fourthly, to, we choose to accept Jesus as a savior over our lives and surrender all we are in his hands, allowing his will, God's will to be done in our lives. And once we've done it, we can thank him that we belong to him. And the scripture, it says in Romans 10, 9, 9 to 10, it says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But this is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is confessing with your mouth that you are saved. And it's as simple as that. As I said, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, and so God is just calling you, calling you and me. You know, wherever we are, he's, he says he's there for us. The gift is available. So I want to end off, and I know it's very short, but I want to end off with prayer. And so if you have not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior over your life, I ask today, don't be stubborn. Choose today to allow him to be Lord and God over your life, as you've read in Romans 10. So I just want to pray for you and just pray after me. Jesus, I acknowledge this day that you are the way, the truth, and the life. In Jesus' name. Father, 
I come to you as a sinner. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins, that you will wash me clean with your blood. I invite you to be the Lord and God over my life. I surrender all I am into your hands. I believe, Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. I believe that you are the Son of God. Fill me with your Holy Spirit today. Thank you that I now belong to you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, if you've prayed this prayer, believe that you're a child of the living God. And remember, from today onwards, you are a new person in Christ Jesus. He had not only paid for your sins, but he'd given you a new beginning. And if you want to read 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, Anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The past is forgotten and everything is new. This means that all your sins are forgiven. You are on a new slate. And I just want to say, this doesn't mean that you won't ever sin again. But with Christ inside of you, you can walk out your new life, your salvation. He's the one that will bring healing into your life. God will bring healing. He will purify you. He will wash you. He will restore you. And he's the one that will help you. It says the Holy Spirit is the helper. You see, the Lord is the author and perfecter of your faith. He's the one who starts a good work in you. He will bring it to completion. And you know, things don't always, now that you've given your life to the Lord, I just want to encourage you that, you know, it's not just sometimes overnight, but it's but it's God, you are God's work in progress now. You know, God will do the work in you. This also does not mean that you'll never fail God. But when you've got if when you've got God in you. You can overcome the things that you're struggling with because you're not alone. The Lord says he will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, transformation takes place over time. And Lord, the Lord is gracious and he's merciful and he's patient with us during this progress. And so Philippians 1, 6 says, And I am certain that God who began a good work in you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. And we need to know that we are not able to do anything in our own strength or ability. God will help you. And in Philippians 2.13 it says, God is working in you, making you willing and able to obey him. You know, sometimes we give our lives to Jesus and then we think, you know, everything, all our sins are gone and which is true, God forgives our sins. But we think even though we are a new person, you know, God has to still work in us, work our righteousness 
in us. And that takes time. Healing takes time. Restoration takes time. But as you abide in Christ, as you spend time with him, God restores, he yields. And as you hear the voice of God, the Holy Spirit will minister to your heart. And you, as you obey, you grow in Christ. And it's, and it's comforting to know that God makes you willing and able to obey him. And it's comforting, you know, that, that we, can't, we can't do anything in our own strength, in our own human ability. And that's why the scripture in Zechariah 4, verse 6, it says, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And it's only by the spirit of the Lord that we can do the work of the Lord. And we need to fully rely on the Holy Spirit. And I just want to end off with this beautiful, um, you know, just this beautiful saying again, it's Passover. And, you know, God sent his only begotten son so that we will not perish, but that we'll have eternal life. And that is what God has for you and for me. And it's never too late to turn back to God. And I just want to thank you so much for just spending this hour with me. And unfortunately, this is the end of my program. And we'll meet again next Saturday at the same time. Have a beautiful, blessed weekend from me, Alana Willifier. Goodbye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.